You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Well, good morning, church. How are we this morning? Wow, you're looking so good. It's uh, just amazing to see this place filling up and so many people coming in and meeting new people every single Sunday and meet a bunch of new people even this morning before the service and people were saying, oh, I'm so glad you're preaching, Pastor Steve. You're, you, you, and they're saying to their friend, you're going to love Pastor Steve's preaching. I just want to say, lower the expectation, family. <laughs> don't do that to me. That's not fair. I don't come to your workplace and pump you up in front of the new people, new clients. So, <laughs> so good to have you here with us, and we're blessed, and I want to encourage you, if you're interested in our school, go onto the website, check it out. Welcome the guests and the visitors who are here with us this morning, and welcome to part number six in our Beatitudes series. It's been a, a great series exploring the Beatitudes, these value, kingdom value statements. There's these statements about what God really calls blessed and what blessing really looks like. And what's interesting is that the blessing that the world says is blessed is quite different to what Jesus says is blessed. And so we're going to keep exploring this. And my heart is that we as a church would just align our lives to what God calls blessed. Are you ready, church? Let's go. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Verse number eight, this is where we're going today. Blessed are the pure at heart, for they shall see God. Wow. The other day, I got in my car to drive in here to the office and drop my kids at school. And it was one of those kind of cold mornings. And so as I got in my car, instantly, the, the, every window in the car fogged up. And so this happened as I was driving down my street. And so the only thing I could do safely was literally stop in the middle of the street because I couldn't see anything. I couldn't see the cars parked on the side of the road. I couldn't pull over. I couldn't keep driving. So I literally just stopped the car in the middle of the road. And then my brain was freaking out because I couldn't remember, is it hot air or cold air? (laughs) I can never remember. So I just crank up the hot air, the AC, and I'm just blasting this thing, and it took three to four minutes of me sitting in the middle of the road, waiting for my windscreen to defog so that I could see with some clarity what was ahead of me uh, in the, on, on the drive into the office. And friends, the purity or clarity of something will determine how well you can see beyond it. And this passage says that those with a pure heart are the ones who have a a greater clarity in their ability to see God. I don't know about you, but I want to see God in my life. I want to see God move. I want to see His hand at work. I want to see and know His nature and what He's like. I want to observe and, and follow His leading. I want to know Him and see Him in greater measure in every day of my life. And Jesus is saying that the condition of my heart is in direct relationship to my ability to see God. Wow. The word that's translated as pure is the Greek word katharos. I'm, I'm not a Greek person, so... Trust me. 
katharos. And this word katharos, it means pure, blameless, unstained from guilt. And it in particular refers to something that has been purified through fire or through pruning. So it's been refined or purified through fire or through pruning. And the Greek word that translate, translates heart is the word kadia. And kardia refers to the spiritual center of life. It's that place where your thoughts, your desires, your will, your understanding, the character of a person resides. So to be pure in heart means to have a willing submission to God's process of pruning and refining your inner life. And those who go on that journey are blessed and in turn see God. Wow. See, this beatitude is more about internal transformation than it is external behavior modification. And I think often as Christians, we can be so concerned with behavior modification, don't do this, don't do that, and the world around us going, they shouldn't be doing this, when actually God's concern is the condition of our heart. And blessed are the pure at heart. So the question today is, how do we gain a pure heart? How do we live lives with purity of heart, and how do we cultivate a pure heart in our own lives? And I wanna give you just four really quick thoughts, very simple thoughts, very practical thoughts for how you and I can cultivate in our lives a pure heart that we may be blessed by God and see Him in greater measure. Does that sound good? All right, first one is this, it starts with grace. It starts with grace. One of my best friends in the whole world, once spent a couple of years of his life traveling the world as a strong man. How cool is that? He was a strong man. He, he uh, connected with this Christian group. He went around the world uh, like breaking stuff and, and doing feats of strength uh, and preaching the gospel. It was a really cool thing. And one of the things that he could do was rip a phone book in half. I know. Now, to all the Gen Zers out there, there used to be these things called phone books. Before Google, and before Siri, and before everything on your phone, um, the phone used to live in a house, and and you couldn't take it out of the house. There there were wires and cables and little curly wires and and things, and so to, to call somebody, there was no internet. You couldn't just Google someone's number. You had to go to the phone book. It was a big, fat book that every year they produced, and in that would be every number you could ever hope to find or want. And if you, if you wanted to know someone's number, you would just look up their name in the phone book, and you'd find their number, and you'd call the, the landline. Okay, so a landline was that phone I referred to about being connected in the house. Um, <laughs> If, if you're still lost, Gen Z, is just Google phone book, okay? That's, that'd, be, that'd be great. But they're these big, chunky books, man, like a dictionary. And he had the ability to grab the book like you'd hold a normal book, not opening it, but holding it, and he would be able to rip it straight down the middle. It's unreal. Like, it's so cool. And I was begging him to teach me how to do it because I knew that there had to be a trick to it. There had to be, like, you have to be a bit strong, but there also has to be a knack to how you do it. And and I begged him and begged him and begged him, and he would not show me how to do it. And so he's no longer a friend. (laughs) I've released him to the wider creation of God. But there was a trick to it. And, And I knew that if you knew how to start it, the rest would follow. 
if you knew how to get it going and to start with this rip, the rest of it would, it would come in line. The rest of it, it would make way for the rest of the book to rip. And friends, like ripping that phone book, you cannot tear into the creation of a pure heart without first knowing where it starts. And it starts with grace. It starts with the grace of God. 1 John 1.9 says this, if we, are, if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The, the purification of your heart begins at that point of grace. It begins in that point of salvation. And I love how every single beatitude actually points back to the first beatitude. Everything builds off the first beatitude. And without the first beatitude, none of the other beatitudes work because the first beatitude is blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who realize that they are utterly spiritually bankrupt that they have nothing to offer God, that they cannot be pure in themselves. They cannot earn their way to heaven. They cannot be good enough to earn God's favor. They come simply going, I'm poor, and God's grace comes and meets them right where they're at. So the beginning point of a pure heart is to realize I cannot purify my own heart. I need the grace of God to come and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. We're going to come back here at the end of this message. But I want to ask you guys, I don't know where you're at, don't know where your walk is with God, and I don't know what the condition of your heart is, but let me tell you, blessed are the pure of heart. It begins with grace. It begins with grace. The second thing we can do is this, to cultivate a pure heart, number two, renew it. We've got to renew that heart. Like many of you, I often get um, drawn into YouTube rabbit holes. Some of you live with a professional YouTube rabbit holer. It is, it is like YouTube rabbit holes or Instagram reels or something. I just end up going down trails, man, and I, I end up watching all these random dog videos. I, I watch like people doing crazy things. I, 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 recently, I've been getting into watching a guy clean pools. <laughs> Hours of my life watching a man clean swimming pools. It's just wonderful. It's a, pray for me. <laughs> but I, I, um, I, I watch, I love understanding how things work and how things get made. So I've been watching heaps of videos about how metal gets forged and how like steel gets forged and gold gets made into, you know, gold jewelry or whatever and how the manufacturing process of that happens. And what I've learned about the forging of metals and especially precious metals is that there is a time process to bring that metal to a place of purity. In order to get it to work the way you want it to work, you have to remove the impurities, and that only comes through time. There's not a quick process to purifying gold. It has to pass through a season of fire and molding and shaping and craftsmanship. It does not happen instantly. It's time. And friend, likewise, when it comes to purifying your heart, there is no substitute for time in the presence of the Lord. No substitute. There is, there is nothing that is going to purify your heart like time in the presence of God. It's not a one-time thing. It's a process. It's not like, okay, now 
I've just got a pure heart forever. No, 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 no. You, you are justified at salvation. It's just as if you never sinned. You are pure at that moment, but then you begin the journey of sanctification. It's this constant refining process where you go on a journey with the Lord and He continues to purify your heart. And Romans 12, 2 says this, Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. What is your heart? It's your mind, your will, your emotions. It's that spiritual center of who you are. And God's desire is that that part of who we are is renewed and transformed at its very core. And then Hebrews 4.12 says this. I love this. The Word of God is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and discerning the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. Wow. See, a pure heart is the result of devotional positioning. The purity of your heart is determined by your positioning in relationship to God and your willingness to submit your life to his word and allow his word to come in and renew the heart you have. It's a journey of renewal and process and refining, and it's allowing your proximity to God to draw closer that the purification process continues. And I'm gonna say this, and we say it all the time, and I know it's cliche to say in church, and I know you've probably heard it a thousand and one times, but I have to say it because there is nothing more transformative to your spiritual walk than daily time in prayer and in the Word of God with the Lord. Nothing. And it grieves my heart as a pastor how many people, mature people, mature Christians, people who have been in the church for decades, it grieves me to know how many of us lack and neglect that daily discipline of just time with the Lord. It really does. And I like how King David said, he said, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I want my heart to remain pure and my actions to reflect the purity of my heart. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get your word and I'm going to transplant it into my heart that it hides and resides in there that the rest of my life is lived from a place of purity of heart. And Bex and I and our family, like we, we have... We have slotted into this daily rhythm where every single day, bar none, we spend time with the Lord. Every single day. It's not even like I, I should do. It's like I have to. It's like, it's, no, it's not a chore, it's a joy. It's this time where I get up and that's the very first thing both of us do every day is take time to pray and be in the Word of God. And I want to encourage and implore you with all of my heart, friends, with all of my heart. If you are neglecting that right now, then set a time, set a place, and get up and go there tomorrow. That's all you need to do. There, you will be blown away at the transformative work of God if you just do that. If you are just relying on Sunday church, it's no wonder you're spiritually hungry. If I only ate once a week, I'd be hungry too. Learn to feed yourself on the Word of God every single week day. Why? Because blessed are the pure at heart. Blessed are the pure at heart. And the only way your heart's going to get pure is if you renew it by the Word of God. Third thing is this. Number three, control what goes in. If you want a pure heart, you've got to control what goes in. As many of you know, I, I love 
exercise and working out and going to the gym. It's just kind of part of who I am. And some of you are like, that is the most disgusting thing I could ever imagine doing. If that's you, this probably isn't the church for you. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Just joking. I love going to the gym. I love working out. My wife nearly left just then, by the way. One day I made a significant judgment error when I went to the gym. Because on my way to the gym, I visited an old friend. His name is The Colonel. (laughs) Oh, Mr. Sanders. I swung by the Dirty Bird, KFC. And I, I was hungry, and so I went in there, I got myself some KFC. I can tell you what, during that workout at the gym, I was sweating potato and gravy. It was horrible. It was honestly the worst feeling in the world. It, it was horrendous. I felt like trash. I trained like trash. It was like, it was the most horrible thing. And I learned a valuable lesson that day. You know what that lesson is? Junk in, junk out. Junk in, junk out. If I put junk in, I'm going to produce junk. If I fuel myself with junk, it's going to manifest itself in my life, in the things that I do, in the way I do things. And the same is true for your heart. What you allow into your life is what's going to come out of your life. Luke 6.45 says this, a good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person, out of his evil treasure in his heart, produces evil. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Like, oh, you need to stop doing that thing. No, 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 you need a different heart. You need to control what's going into your heart. And this begs the question, what am I letting into my heart? What has got access into my heart that shouldn't have access into my heart? And don't get me wrong, I'm not one of those go home and burn your television preachers. The television. Like. But what I am saying is possibly not everything you're currently putting into your heart is beneficial. Nor is it helping you see God. And if blessed are the pure at heart, then it's right for us as followers of Jesus to be critical of the types and amounts of social media, music, TV shows, movies, and websites we are consuming. And perhaps this morning as I'm speaking, God is highlighting to you some things that have entry into your heart, some things that you are putting into your life, that some junk that maybe you need to get rid of in order to experience the blessing of God and to see God with greater clarity. Blessed are the pure at heart. Band, you guys can come and join me now. The fourth way to cultivate a pure heart in your life is this. Number four, be connected. Be connected. One of the things I love about being a pastor um, is how encouraging people are. And like I love you know, when I say finish preaching and people come up and go, oh, thank you so much, pastor. Great word, pastor, even if it was a terrible word and they just want to help me out and (laughs) save my feelings and encourage me a little bit. 
But people like you guys are so nice. You're so, so generous and so affirming. And I'm, I'm a words of affirmation guy. So, so that's what I need. You know, like, if you want to make me feel happy, just tell me how awesome I am. That's what I like. It's good. I love hearing those words, and it's, it's great. And we all need encouragers, right? We all need people in our world who are going to pump up our tires every now and again and just build us up in the Lord. It's a, it's a, it's a powerful and vital and much lacking value that in the world today is just simple encouragement. And so I try and make it my personal mandate to just go and encourage people as much as I can. But there's another group of people in my life too. And they're people that I'm a bit more connected to relationally in my walk with the Lord. And these are the people who don't just encourage me, but also call out my junk. They're the people who will not just believe the best in Stevie, but believe the worst. And it's not comfortable. And it's awkward. And it's um, sometimes a bit confronting, but it's absolutely necessary in order for me to maintain and retain a pure heart. I need those trusted voices in my life who are going to give me correction and to help me on the journey of living my life with a pure heart. Because sometimes I'm oblivious to the contamination of my heart and other people will see it. I've heard it said that we don't just need people who believe the best in us, we need people who believe the worst than us too. Like we need those people who don't just believe I'm a really good person and capable of good. I need those close friends who also know that I'm capable of quite horrendous evil because the condition of the human heart is quite corrupt. And as good as we like to think we are, we're not far away. And so I need those people in my life that I'm really connected to that will call me out on my junk and help keep me accountable for the condition of my heart. Friends, if you are not connected to a body of people who you're walking a journey with, who know you by name, who pray for you daily, who are on a journey with you to help you maintain and retain the purity of your own heart, can I say you're going to struggle to have a pure heart long term and you're going to be limited in your ability to see God. And so I want to encourage you, if you're currently not connected to somebody, in the foyer today, there's a whole bunch of small groups starting. Go see Tanya and the team at the small group stand. There's courses and there's small groups starting. If you're not connected, I want to encourage you, if you want to live a pure heart, if you want to be blessed by God in this way, go and see them. Put your name down. Sign up to be part of a group. You will be amazed at what God could do in your life in that. We're going to um, take communion together, and if, if you still haven't received your communion, um, the team will wander around now with the baskets, and they, they can, um, they'll bring it to you. You just wave them down as they walk around if you don't quite have it, so just hold on to that right now. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. As I said earlier, I don't know the condition of your heart. I don't know what's going on in here. I don't know the level of purity that is uh, 
residing at the core of who you are. But I think if we were all honest, we would say it's probably not fully there yet. There's probably some stuff I need to deal with. There's probably some junk I need to get rid of. And we're going to go back to that point one and start again with grace, like a little reset moment. Just start again at the grace of God. See, communion is this beautiful practice where we remember what Jesus did for us. We take the bread, which represents his body broken for us, and the juice or wine that represents his blood that was shed for us. Realizing, you know what? When it comes to cleaning up my heart, I can't do it on my own. When it comes to dealing with the sin in my life, I can't do it on my own. But this reminds us that Jesus paid the debt. He made the way. And it's by his body broken, his blood shed, that you and I get made right with God. And he purifies us and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. It's a ground zero for a pure heart. And I want to pray in a minute, and then we're going to take communion together. Psalm 51 verse 10 says this. David's praying this. And this is a man after God's own heart, by the way. He says this. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me. And I want to pray that that's our prayer today as we take communion together. That we're saying, God, trusting through the grace of God, the body broken and the bloodshed of Jesus, that you will begin the process of creating a clean heart in me. Let's pray and then we'll take communion together. Lord, we thank you for your incredible gift of grace. We thank you for all that you've done for us. And I pray right now, Lord, that you would be glorified in this place. We thank you for your broken body and your shed blood. Lord, that you went to the cross for us. You took upon yourself the debt that we would do. And so we t today we, we acknowledge that this is a gift of grace. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for cleansing us of all unrighteousness. Right now we confess that we are sinners in need of a Savior. And we thank you for your broken body and your shed blood for us. Would you bless this communion to us in Jesus' name? Let's eat and drink together, church. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.